Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Know Who Drives Return. To listen to all of our podcasts, be sure to visit podcast.boardroomalpha.com and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any. For ongoing daily analysis, check out our channel at thestreet.com slash boardroomalpha. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. And now back to the episode. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Know Who Drives Return, the podcast brought to you by Boardroom Alpha. I'm David Drapkin, and today we're joined once again by an exciting company that's going public via SPAC. Today, it's Planet Labs, uh, joined by a friend of the program, Nicola DeMassi, who, um, as listeners of, of this podcast and channel, I'm sure you're all very familiar with as, as the CEO of DMY Technology. Uh, so, Nicola, think, thanks again for, for joining us today. Always a pleasure, my friend. Um, and we're we're very excited to have on both Will Marshall, who's the the founder and co-CEO of Planet Labs, uh, as well as Ashley Johnson, the, the CFO. So Will and Ashley, also very nice to meet you, and and thanks for hopping on today to talk about Planet. Thanks for oh, having us. Great to be here. Uh, and so so knowing you guys have gotten a lot of you know press over the last few weeks, I figured we, we take a step back. Um, and Will, can you can you give us the, the background on, on your history coming from NASA? You know, what sort of drove you to found Planet Labs um, and, and how you got here today? Yes. Uh, well, again, great to be here. And uh, yeah, quick story is that uh, myself and our team were at NASA pioneering uh, agile aerospace and technologies to do with lower cost satellite systems. Uh, we sent missions to the moon and and did astrophysics missions and planetary science missions. But um, then we quickly realized that we could do something really radically different. And um, we left NASA with a very particular purpose of, of setting up enough satellites to image the whole Earth every day and track changes across the planet. That had never been done uh, because it would take launching hundreds of satellites and no one had ever launched hundreds of satellites. So we'd have to build the largest constellation of satellites in human history. And we set about doing that. And uh, we were crazy enough to think it was possible. And we achieved it uh, about six, six years later. And uh, uh, so this, why, why did we do, do, do that? Well, it was because we saw all these challenges around the world that uh, this data set could help, from helping farmers with crop yields and feeding the planet, to helping with disaster response with floods and fires and earthquakes, to helping um, hedge funds improve uh, improve their bets, uh, you know, you name it, there was so much relevance to more rapid earth data. It was going to solve big challenges that humanity is obviously facing to do with climate and the environment and sustainability. And at the same time, it's a massive business opportunity. It's mm -hmm. a big data set that enables lots of vertical markets to get, become more efficient in these big two trends that we see in the global economy of digital transformation and sustainability transformation. And our data set is really relevant, if not foundational, to both of those trends. And so uh, we we knew it was like the stars were aligned to leave NASA to go do this. Got it. Uh, so I've heard you refer to, to Planet as the, the Bloomberg terminal uh, for mm -hmm. Earth data. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what exactly you mean by that um, and how um, you know, some may be confused a bit about um, your company as a whole. It's not selling satellites. It's you know providing access to this Earth data to, to the end consumer. Correct. Uh, so, you know, we really are three companies in one. We do build the satellites and we've got a lot of software that sits on top of that and we deliver data. But the business is the data business. We sell data. We don't sell the satellites. We don't sell the software. We sell the, the, the data. 
that's both the imagery and the derived products that we get through anal analytics. What does it, I mean, I could spend hours talking about the satellites and <laughs> geeking out on that, but what does it mean to the user? The user comes into a Google Earth-like platform, except it's Google Earth with the satellite layer, but you have today's image, not just a few years old, and you have a stack of 1,500 images now for your area of interest. So you pick your area of interest, you then design your analytics, you want to extract the roads or the buildings, or if you're an ag company, you want to extract the crop yield or whatever it is that you're trying to extract, you set that up. And then that data feeds into your day-to-day, -day, into your workflow to make help you make day-to-day -day decisions. Well, that's exactly like what Bloomberg does, <laughs> but for financial data, right? People set up their own little workspace, they set up their analytics, they feed it into their workflows and it helps make smarter decisions. The only difference is that Planet serves multiple vertical markets. We serve agriculture, energy, forestry, insurance, finance, et cetera. And um, it's based on a proprietary data set. So, um, uh, you know, obviously Bloomberg mainly aggregates public source uh, pub, uh, financial data, whereas we generate our data from a proprietary fleet of satellites that we design, build and own in space and, um, and leverage that. So we think of it as Bloomberg plus plus, but I really like the Bloomberg analogy because it's, um, it is a data business, high growth, high margins and all the rest of it that comes with that. And, mm -hmm. and just like Bloomberg, we, we believe that we can become the dominant player here because we have this unique data set. No one's even trying to get to daily data apart from planet. And it would take them five years minimum, even if we sat on our hands, which was, of course, not what we're going to do. Right. And so uh, we've got at least five years to go and penetrate all these markets that we're, uh, that we're uh, enabling through this daily scan. And, uh, and so what are you seeing from terms of either customer stickiness or, you know, re the recurring portion of your revenue? Um, you know, are, are most customers returning on, the, on a year over year basis? Sort of how do, you, how do you see that going forward? Yeah, over 90% of our revenue is recurring revenue. Actually, uh, uh, you, you can probably speak more intelligently to this. Yeah, one of the most important metrics that we that we track is one that would be similar to anybody who you know follows SaaS businesses, where recurring revenue is the absolute lifeblood, which is our net dollar retention rate. So mm -hmm. we we track the the contracts at value that we have at the beginning of the year. How much of that do we have at the at the end of the year on a percentage basis? So um, last year we had increased that by fourteen percentage points, um, up to one hundred and seventeen percent. Um, our long-term target is 120%, um, but I would tell you best-in-class SaaS is 130 to 140%. So when I mentioned the long-term target, that's the external target that we used for the model. Internally, we have ambitions to, to have that best-in-class 130 to 140% retention rate of, of our existing customer business. And that enables us to land and expand with every new contract that we add as well. Got it. Um, and I read and heard that, um, at least for the use of proceeds for, for, for the initial deal, um, I think you've mentioned is, is focused on sales and marketing. Um, so what, what, what goes into that? Is it, is it purely marketing? Is it expanding the sales force? Is it trying to attack you know, new customer bases that you haven't had the capacity to do? So what are the plans a little bit there on, on that sales and marketing spend? Yes. Yeah, so um, I, I like to joke that this is the non-rocket science part of the business. This is just pure execution. <laughs> We had about 21 ramped sales reps last year um, that closed on average uh, close to $3 million a piece. That just speaks to the volume of pipeline that we have. Um, and frankly, our reps are skimming the top of that pipeline because we have so few of them. They're spread globally. Um, what we really want to do is expand that sales force so that we have critical mass in all the relevant geographies. And we can do some level of verticalization. So you have 
targeted reps um, going after you know agricultural customers, um, national governments and state and local governments separately, different expertise, different use cases. Um, and then we also want to build out the global customer success team. So these are the teams that really help the customers integrate our data into their business intelligence systems and derive value very quickly into the engagement because that's what enables us to then expand. Once, they, once they're achieving value, they want to consume more data, which is an upsell. They might want to consume different types of data, move from our medium resolution data to our high resolution data to incorporate that into their analytics, or it might be other divisions of that same customer that can see the applicability of the data to their own part of the business. So it's about having those global customer success teams in place across all of our customers that enables, enable us to really drive those expansions. So that's the that's the investments that we're looking to make in the near term, um, just, just to execute on what's directly in front of us. Right, right. And and then as you look for, I think you mentioned the you know the four verticals that that, that you're matured and the sort of the others that you're looking to expand in and you know whether that be finance or energy, um, what sort of needs you have there from a analytics development or software development? Um, and what sort of any timelines you could you you could speak to in terms of you know achieving um, you know commercialization uh, in those areas versus what what you sort of have now. Well, I can speak to that briefly. Uh, so, um, yes, uh, we have four mature and vertical markets, agriculture, civil government, defense intelligence, and mapping. And all of those, um, uh, the reason we went into them in some level was because they already are organizations that have uh, geospatial teams. And, uh, and, 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 and you know, so you know, the main two thrusts of spending are on, on sales and marketing for those ones because we've got we've got clear product market fit. We just need to go and expand to all the ag customers, go and expand to all the civil governments and so on. Um, and on the but the uh, but we can serve at least half a dozen other verticals that uh, that that require a little bit more software to enable. And and that I don't think is a huge lift, but it is a significant lift. And so we will be continue to work on that over the next couple of years. And, and you will just see that we just announced an acquisition of Vandersat, which is a really cool company in this area that um, do satellite data analytics. Um, and especially for insurance and agriculture, uh, they use some data that enables you to penetrate uh, soil to get soil moisture, which is very added value to the data we have, which enables you to tell crop biomass from the top of the field. And those two things combined are even more powerful. We've often found this fusing two data sets gets you more than the sum of the parts. And so this is really exciting acquisition and helps us with this sort of going up the stack, as we call it, towards the value proposition that our customers need to get a handle on it. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And now a word from our sponsor, Boardroom Alpha. Boardroom Alpha's SPAC intelligent platform tracks every SPAC vehicle from pre-IPO all the way through to their de-SPAC merger. It is a one-stop shop data platform tracking each constituent across the entire SPAC lifecycle. Know the team and the sponsor behind each SPAC with full SPAC history, person and sponsor historical performance, as well as deal info. Track the market. We deliver daily aggregate discount premiums of SPACs, total issuance, trends and returns, biggest daily movers, and upcoming SPAC calendar. Get immediate and real-time access to investor materials, institutional holders, structures, redemptions, filings, and more. To learn more or register for a free trial, please visit www.boardroomalpha.com slash SPAC. Um, and, and I guess it would be interesting to hear a little bit about... Um, 
you know, sometimes I hate the, the term TAM, but the, the, the TAM that exists here, misconceptions in the public, and a little bit about the competition. Um, you know, it seems that there doesn't seem to be a direct competitor um, that's up to speed sort of where, where you guys are. A, is that true? Um, and how do you think about, you know, access and TAM in, in the future and sort of what lies ahead a little bit? And it's a well, you're definitely broad leading. That's a broad yeah, yeah, question. Yeah. But. It is. And I was going to say, you're also leading a witness saying there's no competition. <laughs> but I, I mean, obviously, I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> no, but I mean, it is what Planet is doing is very different from what others uh, have. And um, there are other stuff like companies doing Earth imaging, but um, everyone else is a task system. Only we have the scan. And the scan is what enables the big new market markets. And, and even if someone said they were going to build that scan, um, it would minimally take them five years to launch a constellation of 200 satellites to go do that. And uh, meanwhile, of course, we're not sitting on our hands. We're going to continue to. I mean, one of the unique things about Planet is that, unlike most of the other uh, uh, imaging companies that you look into, if you do, and there's some great analyst reports out there now uh, that help uh, 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 um, uh, investors look, look and distinguish between these things. But one of the things they they see and find is not just that Planet is the only one that scan, and that's what opens up these big markets, but the rate of progress that Planet is on because of the fact that we build our own satellites, we design all those subsystems ourselves, we build the satellites in-house and operate them in-house. We are not using third-party aerospace vendors to build the satellite. Because we do that, we can much more quickly react to new needs of customers. Customers say, I want this spectral band. We can add that spectral band quickly. We've had three... Uh, 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 for the last five years, we've had four rockets take off every year on average. So every three months, roughly, we're putting new satellites in space. That enables us to, and this is why we like, where, where we, we've called it Agile Aerospace, because it's a little bit like software, like they use release early, release often in Agile software development. And we're doing the same for, for, the, for the space thing. That enables us to quickly iterate, get more capabilities in space, produce better and better data sets and stay ahead. So our vector of improvement is even greater. Um, I think that in, as a distinguishing factor, as well as the fact that we have these 200 satellites. Right, right. Uh, and, and maybe this isn't leading the witness. So what are some of the risks involved? Um, you know, there has to be regulatory concerns or privacy issues. How, how, how do you speak to, to some of those issues that, that, that folks may be asking? Well, I mean, I would say that a few years ago, the biggest risk would have been launching and operating this constellation, finding product to market fit. But those things are mainly retired. I think it is mainly an execution challenge. Um, on privacy, we don't really get into privacy. I'm not saying it's a zero issue, but it's generally not an issue because we can't see a person, let alone identify a person from space. It's just we're 500 kilometers away. It's like taking a picture of, of Los Angeles from San Francisco, mm -hmm. you know, with our little telescopes. And there are, you know, a, a few, a 10 or, or 50 centimeters wide in the case of the planet scope and the, and the sky sat respectively. And that even with a telescope, with great optics and a great camera, you can't get to see people. It's not like drones that fly much lower, and so you could actually identify a person. So we don't really get into privacy, and that we think that's a good thing. And uh, in terms of regulation, there are uh, lots of regulation that we have to get. We have to get permission to use our uh, to use our radios so they don't jam other satellites. So this is coordinated through the FCC and the International Telecommunications Union. Uh, of the UN and other uh, processes to get launch authority and so on. Uh, but we, we've had that, we've got that down on Pat now, and especially um, early on had that uh, down because of our work and the history at NASA. And not only do we have those connections, but, but also um, they were familiar with us building satellites, so they didn't think we were crazies. 
<laughs> Got it. Uh, no, I appreciate that. Um, we'll, we'll give Nicola a minute, but a, a, a little bit on the on the you know transitioning from you know a private company to a public company. Um, you know, getting the right team in place. So we have we have we have Ashley on. Um, Ashley, how, how important you know, do you view your prior public CFO experience um, as being integral to sort of helping shepherd? you know, a, a brand new company to the public markets in terms of, you know, investor communication and any other processes that go involved with it. Um, you know, Nicola, you know, you and I have spoken about, um, you know, trust and, 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 and new companies coming to market and sort of earning that trust and, and, and reliability with investors. So Ashley, A, how do you view your, pri- your, your previous experience um, and, and how that'll help going forward at Planet? Yeah, I think it's absolutely critical because, you know, shepherding a company through the public markets, one, it requires having, you know, frankly, the discipline, the systems to provide visibility into the business and to enable um, the investment analysts to build their models in a way that will match how we're operating the business. So um, I feel very fortunate in that some of the other areas that a lot of companies, you know, are kind of putting in place ahead of going public planet already had. So we already had an audit committee that was, you know, very actively engaged with the finance organization. We already had big four accounting firms doing audits on the company for the last five years. So a lot of the basic infrastructure was in place mm-hmm. um, and really it was stepping in and the, the subscription business model that we have actually gives us very strong visibility to our revenue. And in terms of you know, delivering forecasts to the market, it's about understanding the core metrics that drive the business, having visibility to those trends, and then being able to communicate those to, to investors so that you know, we can frankly set expectations and meet or beat those expectations consistently, um, which is you know, probably one of the most important things for the person sitting in my seat right. once a company is public. Right. Um, and you know th- th- those quarterly earnings calls. Uh, so, uh, what are near-term things that you know a public investor uh, you know could could be looking out for to to see that you're, you're sort of firing all cylinders here? Yeah, I mean, we gave some of these metrics at our at our analyst day back in September, but you know, it's it's understanding you know our ability to scale the commercial organization. So, getting those reps hired and ramped, and seeing them. Um, closing out on the pipeline so that we're hitting our our targets on both our ACV bookings that ultimately translates into revenue. It's signing that 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 business that is recurring revenue. We report out what what percentage of our business is recurring every quarter. That net dollar retention rate. So of the business that we've signed, how much have we retained and how are we expanding it? So those are those are some of the core metrics that really underpin our top line growth. Um, and the rest is is financial discipline, making sure that we have a very high ROIC approach to investments internally. So as we're making CapEx investments in the satellite fleet, we know that there's a less than one year payback period mm-hmm. on those investments and setting high hurdle rates um, when we do acquisitions and other investments in the business so that we know that you know the the money that we're spending is going to high returns for our investors. Got it. Thanks. Uh, and, and Will, maybe you could could speak to this the you know the, the balance of your leadership team, um, you know, sort of how do you, how you thought about rounding that out? Um, notice Kevin, you know, the hire of Kevin, sort of his background the, from the product side. How does that fit into into what you're trying to do as well? Well, absolutely. So I, I think we've got a fantastic board and and executive leadership team at Planet that's ready to go public, um, and and that's uh, really important. Um, 
you, you know, we, you, we do need this bench depth and experience. Um, so yes, we, Kevin is our president of product and, and business. He joined us having led product at Twitter and then um, Instagram at, at, and at Facebook um, and has a great experience building software uh, uh, solutions um, up stack. And that's exactly what we need. I mean, you could think of and depict Plant's first decade as mainly focused on the satellite hardware from a product standpoint, and on the second decade, mainly focused on the software side. And that's what he brings to the table, as well as great business acumen, uh, scaling the Twitter business in close partnership with their business folks there. We've also brought in Amy Keaton, who's uh, our general counsel and chief legal officer, who's got extensive experience um, coming from Mozilla and before that, Twitter, um, and great um uh, and, and that all builds on an existing team strength across, of course, the spacecraft side and the sales side um, and so on. So, yes, we have a fantastic team, I think, to go public. And uh, you may have also seen on our board side that we just added a couple of great uh, names to our board, including Nicolo here mm-hmm. and Vidra, um, who's the general counsel at Twitter, um, who's got great experience uh, to add to Carl Bass, um, who used to run Autodesk and has a built-up software scaling, um, and Heidi Rosen from Threshold Ventures. And I think this is, you know, we've really got the kind of board that can take us public and the executive mm-hmm. team that can lead us as a public company. Right. Right. And, may, and maybe a little on the deal now. And you know, I'm sure Nicola's itch, itching to speak. <laughs> um, so so Pl- Planets exhibit, you know, obviously strong, you know, revenue category the last four or five years. Um, it doesn't seem, you know, uh, it, it's not there's a strong brand for revenue, obviously, but it's not what it's not a, a pre-product SPAC company, the one that you've seen there. And so maybe not the the generic, you know, why a SPAC, you know, question, but I guess you know why why a SPAC and, and why now it seems it seems it could have been a traditional IPO, um, you know, or, or continue to operate with you know with private funding. Sort of what what went into that thought process? Will or Will or Nicola? <laughs> Nicola, do you want to? I mean, well, we, I can, can, both, we can both answer, and Will, Will should go first because because he, he's the chairman and CEO. Well, look, uh, um, uh, you know, the, we are really excited about going public, and 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 we were excited to find uh, Nicola and DMY and Harry, his partner, uh, because we think that they really saw the value of this as a data business um, going into uh, this, as well as the coolness of the space and the relevance of to sustainability. We boosted boosted that with, of course, great investors into our pipe, led by BlackRock, uh, joined um, by Mark Benioff and Google and and um, CPP recently. Um, so we feel, feel like we've got a great investor base going around. Uh, look, Planet was ready to go public, uh, and and uh, you know we had the we've retired the risk on the satellites. We've got a mature business. We found product market fit over 100 million in revenue and so on. And the world we increasingly felt needed Planet. And so that's what led us to go, we need to go public. And we found um, uh, 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 DMY uh, Technologies is a great partner in doing that. And so we did. Um, so uh, yeah, and I can't emphasize enough how we're feeling the need from all the market to do it because just everyone is needing our data. I just came back from the climate conference in Glasgow and everyone is mm. like talking about these commitments in emissions, in deforestation, in protecting oceans, company ESG targets and sustainability targets. They all need our data as the next step. So the world is just needing us. And so it's the right time to become a public company. Nicola, what would you add? 
Look, I mean, this business will become a verb at some point. Uh, I think this this decade, I have no doubt about it. Um, you know, if Google is uh, indexing the internet, internet, making it searchable, Will's doing the same thing for whole earth data, right? They're literally indexing. They have been for years, making it searchable. We're just beginning to scratch so the tip of the iceberg uh, of all the ways you can use this data. Um, and I believe that the verticals they have in, in the investor deck, you've probably seen, uh, you know, David, are are each billion dollar planet revenue opportunities uh, as we hire Salesforce uh, you know, out. You're completely right that uh, this business had its choice of IPO options. Uh, I fell in love with this business on my first uh, first back a couple of years ago, uh, and I've been sort of pursuing it you know, ever since. Um, I think there was a couple of advantages for, for Will and Ashley on this. Um, you, know, you, you get to involve retail a lot more in this IPO process and otherwise. And I think that you know, Will Marshall and Robbie Shingler as the kind of co-founders are leading leading as much a movement as, as a company in the sense that if you look at uh, the sort of six-figure Twitter followers of the business and the amount of energy that's going into uh, sustainability, climate change, and so on, you know, the world uh, world needs Planet Labs, uh, ticker PL, once DMYQ changes, um, and humanity does as well. And, and that's on top of the fact that it's a great business, right? So we predict that all of the Fortune, not just 500, but Fortune 5000 will all be customers. Uh, they are lowering, lowering the barriers to entry of this critical data that, as Will likes to put it, is kind of the oil of the 21st century. This is the commodity that matters of the 21st century, but Planet gets to resell that commodity over and over and over, not just once, as you do with a gallon mm-hmm. of oil. Um, so we're excited to see you know, how, cons- how small businesses, medium enterprises, Large companies build on top of this data platform. We're excited to see what you know Kevin Wheel and team come up with to democratize more of this. Um, you know, David, unlike Bloomberg, all of Planet's data is proprietary, mm-hmm. which means they have tremendous pricing power, right? And we lo- we love that from an all weather perspective and a long term compounding perspective. I mean, Will Will's a humble guy, but. This company is kind of like Apple in the sky. They control their own hardware, they control their own software, their own AI, their own data, um, and it's a platform that's been built and ready to scale. And it's at this like phenomenal inflection point. So we, we you know, with the SPAC process, we got to spend more time um, with some of the larger investors. You know, the pipe process particularly, you wouldn't be able to do that with a direct listing or a normal IPO. You know, you've got CPPIB in there. Uh, you got Mark Benioff in there. Who I think it's his largest personal investment to date. Uh, you've got Coke Industries and, and, of course, BlackRock, all people who care about Planet for slightly different slices and reasons, but it kind of speaks to the breadth, right? You've got you've got our arch capitalists and commodity traders through to through to sort of you know sustainability and, and sort of long you know long only index funds all the way down to uh, you know obviously you know pension funds and and that I think speaks to honestly what what the kind of Warren Buffett like long term compounding platform is. That, that Will and team have assembled, right? You close your eyes, come back three, five, seven, 10 years later, it's going to be a much bigger company. It's going to be much more valuable. Uh, and the key to it is tech network effects, David. Um, I don't know any technology industry where the, where the firm that's leading by a year or two doesn't win and suck all the air out of the room. But, you know, Will leads by like five to seven years. Um, you know, we've never seen a lead of this size. And now he's getting the capital and the higher profile that comes with being public. Um, and so there's really great things ahead this decade for this company, right. no, matter how, right. no matter how you slice right. it. Um, now, I love the sustainability angle. Um, given where the stock is trading too, you, you stand stand to get all that cash. Um, so I'd be remiss not to ask, since you mentioned social media, 
Um, I love how you're leaning into social media and embracing the retail crowd. Um, obviously, one of your other SPACs, IonQ. Is there any application uh, with Planet um, and quantum computing going forward and with, with machine learning, whatever else, whatever else you're doing in the space? We're going to see a tie-up between, between those two at all? I can speak. I'll leave Will yeah. to answer that. You know, many offers, many offers exist in our minds. <laughs> yeah, there are. Um, as it happens, I did my PhD in quantum physics, so I know a little bit about that and connected certainly with the community of doing, folks doing quantum computing. Uh, right now, nothing immediate. I mean, the, the, the classic machine learning use of our data, especially the computer vision bit. The computer vision bit is the subset of machine learning dealing with extracting information from imagery is just so ripe right now um you know over the last five ten years we've seen tremendous advances in that for mainly for extracting dogs and cats out of pictures and videos online <laughs> but it's the same underlying tech that enables us to extract out roads and buildings and train stations and you know ships and planes and that means that you can essentially like uh, uh, uh nicola was saying end up querying the, the earth that's a just tremendous vision that is now enabled partially because the uh, huge advances happening in machine learning. And I think that's the bigger play right now. Again, it's data plus AI is it's just transforming the globe. Um, as, uh, as Nicola mentioned, I also like to use this thing about the economists quipping that data is the new oil. I do think that that's the case, right? It's empowering loads of industries mm -hmm. to make smarter decisions or power stuff, you know? Uh, the only difference is, is A, not dirty, <laughs> it's clean, and B, uh, you can use it multiple times. Uh, you know, each picture you can sell multiple times or information feeds derived from pictures can be sold multiple times. And that means that margins are really high. It's the, the one. You know, the bigger point though, David, is, you know, I, I, reality is, you know, Will's built a platform no one else in the world has. By no one else, I mean no government, no business, uh, no organization. And, you know, with great, with great power comes great responsibility. And, you know, I think on a, on a monthly, quarterly, annual basis, you know, Planet has a choice about how that platform gets used. Um, there's definitely opportunities to use that platform, you know, for quantum, uh, you know, encryption keys and things like that if we want to devote time to it. But but Will has bigger fish to fry, you know, most of the time. And this is a and this is a business, right, that we're trying to grow at a great clip. So this really is, I mean, I hate to say it because, you know, it's, it's out of fashion, but like it's a market of one. <laughs> this is a only one company scans the whole earth every day or sometimes twice a day. Um, it, the difference between this and Will, what are the statistics? You have a hundred times more land coverage but, than anybody else. Yeah, you know, roughly speaking, a hundred hundred x an area coverage of imagery, satellite imagery, of compared with any other actor. And yeah, that's because we've gone to this very different thing: the scanning system mm -hmm. for totally different new markets. And I think that's like we were saying, it's so different. Um, it's a different kind of business uh, because it's uh, one to many, and that's super important for the gross margins and other things. And it's more diversified because we serve lots of vertical markets um, and so on. And so, yeah, and it's more ripe for machine learning, like we just discussed. So I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, I, I'm excited by the business side and I'm excited by how the fact that in doing that and growing that business will be having a positive impact on the world. You know, again, back to the COP thing, the whole, every country in the world needs our data and every company to meet their ESG targets. And so we're going to go and, and help those companies, both because it's good for the world and because it's good for business. And uh, and those commitments are only going to get stronger in time because we face a planetary emergency. And and so planet's data in, is in exact is totally going to keep on being used more and more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's over 700 customers that Planet has, you know, David. And 
I think the other people that have done the old tasking business had like three, right? And so that the breadth of diversity, you know, is just hinting at this opportunity, right? Which thousands and thousands of SaaS cocks. Got it. Um, you know, cer- certainly sitting at an inflection point in terms of ESG needs for companies and you know, sustainability needs for, for, for governments. Uh, you know, it's super exciting stuff. You know, Will, Ashley, Nico, thanks. Thanks so much for, for sitting down with us today to talk about it. Any, uh, any final words of wisdom, uh, you know, not, not only ahead of the shareholder vote uh, you know, in the next coming weeks, but over the next, you know, 6, 12, 18 months that, that people should know. Ashley, you good. Any closing <laughs> thoughts? I, you know, I would just say that, that I think everything that they've just described, this is, this is a platform business that has broad implications across a wide variety of markets. So um, really, it, the sky's the limits in terms of um, the imaginations of, of all the different players that can make use of our data. And we see that we get to see that inside of Planet every day, everything from, you know, counting walruses to saving orangutans to identifying the health benefits of, you know, Greenland to children. So um, it is it is really a fun business. Um, and we're really excited for the uh, opportunity to be a public company and do a whole lot more. I'll, I'll just chime in for a second. High return on invested capital, David. So, you know, all this IPO capital is going on stuff like Ashley's already mentioned, the Salesforce, hiring software. I mean, it, it's things that I always like to remind us. They have six month paybacks, mm-hmm. not six quarters, not six years. They've kind of done the hard work in the last 10 years and they've sort of spent the money and literally lots of PhDs have been furiously working this for over a decade. Right. So shareholders that, you know, that they get involved now get to enjoy the benefit of that hardware platform and that software platform being built. And now it's really just about the go-to-market motion accelerating. Yeah. Um, the non-rocket science portion. I like, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Actually, yeah. pretty about that. And I, I'm just excited about it. I think it's going to be great that everyone gets to, you know, um, be a shareholder in Planet that wants to. And I think that's 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 great in of itself. And I think they'll love it for both that sustainability. Everyone realizes, especially in the retail market, we've got to do something here, um, as well as... Um, uh, the, the big investors that obviously have to make moves here. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited uh, by this next phase for Planet. Awesome. Well, once again, you know, re- really appreciate all, th- all three of you sitting down with us today. Thanks a lot, David. Thank you.